welcome back to the Breaking Bad Insider Podcast. My name is Kelly Dixon, and we are working on episode 403. I'm here with my executive producer, Vince Gilligan. <laughs> oh, I forget. It's audio, too. I, should, I was waving to the camera, so. Uh, yes, hello, everybody. Like a Good. <laughs> uh, here with uh, the writer of this episode, Sam Catlin. Hello. <laughs> Who believes in Anglophile? Hello there. Right. Yes, I'm, right. I'm here with uh, our star of our show, Brian Cranston. Thank you. Hello. How are you? Let's get going. <laughs> our music supervisor, Thomas Golovich. Hello. And last but certainly not least, the editor of this episode, Skip McDonald. Hi, everybody. So, guys, we're three in now. A lot of sh- stuff has started to happen. You um, almost said shit. <laughs> <laughs> we would have to start over. <laughs> we should like start right in on episode 403. Sure. Yeah. Um, when last we left our, our hero, he was smacked in the face. Sucker punched. By, uh, by Mike. How yeah. was that, Brian? How many takes was that? Did he really hit you? Is it method? Uh, no, but we thoroughly covered that that uh, whole sequence. <laughs> Our director, Michelle McLaren, on episode two, uh, loves to, to make sure she's got everything from every different angle. And, and I'm glad we did. Actually, you know, it was interesting because in that, that uh, just a little quick, is that we actually had a thing where he stood up, then I stood up, then he hit me. But they edit it, and I don't know why it worked, it. it worked that way. Actually, but it was Vince's idea. It, it actually worked fine. It's like... Cut to the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you almost said fucking. That was, oh, man. That would have been bad. Anyway. Anyway, it's always a challenge on this show for makeup and then continuity of that makeup and the severity of, of an injury and that sort of thing. And our makeup team does a lot of research on finding how... Uh, bruises then start to heal and we're shooting out of sequence of course so it's you add yellows or purples or something so but it was great i had a black eye during uh, episode uh, 403 it yes. was this eye it, i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> we were joking before we started but it's hard to remember these things you'd ha- you i mean sam was telling me what happened in the episode because yeah, it's been i mean i feel like it was yesterday and it kind of was well we shot <laughs> we shot 403 in february february, february. Yeah. Yeah. and it february. is now almost july it's almost it's july. July. last week of yeah. june in 2070 yeah. <laughs> it's a little difficult to remember but it, as everybody talks and it jogs your memory david slade was our director yes. i remember that Yes, David Slade, a wonderful uh, British uh, gentleman, director of the movie Hard Candy. Yeah, very interesting movie. Which is a good film. I like that. Definitely very well. He also uh, did the uh, graphic that vampire. Well, Thirty Days. Thirty Days of Night. He directed. Oh, he did one of the Twilight. But didn't he? That's right. He did that the Twilight thing. And he's an absolute gentleman. Very talented. He was a television virgin until until Breaking Bad broke his cherry. Yes. Almost said broke a cherry. Okay, so one of the first things that happens in this, and I wanted. Talk to you, Sam, because I know that you know in the writers' room you guys get together and you kind of try and figure out what's going to happen. For all of you there in video, this is actually the board that they got. They talk, they board the episode or brick by brick or how is it mm-hmm. that you break the episode? Uh-huh. And um, so I'm curious because we found out now that Gus. This is the I think the first time that we found out that Gus is starting to put a camera in the lab. Right. Yes. So, uh, you know, how did that? How, what was the mandate or whatever coming to you to start 
to kind of to start put a that camera in? Just to let everybody out there know, um, these guys, uh, you guys start in the writer's room like in last July, like right after July 4th. Almost and, a year ago. And we season. didn't yeah. start production until the end of January. So you guys were yeah. in here. Um, yeah, what were you doing that whole time? Come on. Just saying. A lot, of trust, a lot of trust work. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fall back in my arms now. Lots I mean, so that. originally, you know, when you guys came in in July, I mean, was that something that you guys wanted to do? You know, back then, where you guys decided to put a camera, Gus was going to put a camera. I tell, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I Sam, but I, I think a, a moment like that with the camera is something that comes out of, of what we try to do. We try to tell these stories organically. The first thing when you come back, when you open the writer's room, in this case, you know, for instance, the first thing you, you ask yourself is, is Gail going to live or die? Did Gail Bedecker get killed by Jesse or did he not? And the, the answer to that didn't take long to surmise. We, we already had our idea right. on that coming back from hiatus but then then the question is how does gus fring you know deal with this action on the part of walt and and jesse you know is there going to be is he just going to kill them outright immediately or is he going to continue to work with them if he's going to continue to work with them all is probably not going to be forgiven because that wouldn't be inherently <laughs> dramatic so so uh, a moment all of this to say you build it brick by brick you, you come up with the plot moment by moment story beat by story beat so i i think that was just something that arose from you know how does if, if this is going to be a, a scenes of brinksmanship and gamesmanship, as it were, between these two very smart characters, what's one way Gus can amp up the story there? How can he mess with Walt's head a little bit there? Right. He kind of stands in, because in the, I think I can talk about it, in that previous episode, Walt tries to get to Gus, right, and can't. And, <laughs> um, yes. So we wanted to still have the tension of the two of them. We still wanted to be able to have Walt relate to Gus in some way, so we kind of created this device of Gus is the camera. But the yeah, funny it's sort thing, of a proxy for yeah. Gus. The, well, the funny thing yeah. that I've noticed, too, and Skip, you, Skip actually does every other episode, and I do every other one after that, so... He did one, I did two. If he does every other episode, then how can you do every other episode? That doesn't make any sense at all. So he's even and you're odd? No, he's odd and I'm even. No kidding. (laughs) All right. The thing is, is that when the camera came up for you, and I don't know, because I I don't know why I never asked you about it, but when the camera came up for me, I asked Finn's, does the camera actually record sound? It's almost like a tree in the forest. If there's nobody hear it, does it actually make noise? And you said, at first you said, well, huh, I don't know about that. But then we've, we've now decided that the camera does yeah, based on a later down. episode that right. the folks haven't seen yet. It's just one of those things you... Yeah, because in, in 403, we just see the camera. I never, We never saw the other side, so we never... Right. I didn't oh, question and he doesn't it. say anything. He just, yeah, he just he flips, just him, flips off. him off. Yeah, so okay, it's, just, yeah. it's just visual at that point. Yeah, so I think in one of, one of the first ones of mine, it, he, he actually starts talking or okay. something. And, and so I was like, you know, just like... But now we've determined that the camera makes noise, even though we don't know if anybody's watching it. But the one thing that I was told was that you guys... Had had to find this camera and it had to be there was like a special camera that you found or something yeah records like these numbers well that camera all those numbers up in the corner usually burn that stuff in but that that is the actual feed out of that actual camera right. it's an sd feed and that's why it visually looks different from the footage around it it's standard that's def. standard def. def versus the high def stuff that we usually you know have I mean, we, we have high definition, not in the terms of video. We shoot on 35-millimeter motion picture film, but it's higher definition still than, than HD video. But but this SD, you can see a visual difference. That's the actual feed coming out of that actual camera, cool. yeah, which is kind of fun. That's also why it's square. That's why there's pillar boxing on right. each side of it. Yeah. 
So let me move on because you guys have done this really cool thing that I love, and I'm so glad that it's back in this episode, is that we get to see Klepto Marie again, and I love Klepto Marie. But I will I want to preface by saying you guys have decided to make, like, Hank is really, really bitter, and so Marie just gets treated so badly at home. And so I'm wondering if this is why Marie has chosen to go out and go to these open houses and come up with these outlandish stories about her life. Mm-hmm. Which I love, Sam. I love it. So, how did that? I mean, why did you guys decide to bring back <clears throat> Klepto Marie? I don't know. Because she was seeing Dave before, right? She was seeing Dave to the therapist to solve this problem. We never actually met Dave. We never we met Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have, I think we all have a clear picture. On yeah, we do. I do a bald man with a ponytail. But I have. <laughs> you could rock that look. Yeah. Actually, yeah. You just just get here. the extension. Yeah. A lot of manly turquoise jewelry. I love that. <laughs> I want to play that character. So. I want to play Dave. I would just I'll do an old disguise. But, uh. but so what was the deal with bringing back Clepton Marie, and how did you guys decide that you were going to do it? And who thought of the real estate thing? That's perfect, actually. I don't know. I feel like this the real estate, the, the in terms of her, what goes on with her in this episode, I feel like that was one of the things that we kind of came up with early on, that yeah. we wanted her to do something to act out in some mm-hmm. way. I guess this was just a good place for it. It's been hard because Marie had to be so reactive last year because her husband got shot. Mm-hmm. and So we, we wanted to bring back the kleptomania, but we wanted to hopefully kind of add a new color to it a little bit. Yeah, I think it's important to, to and I would be interested in how the writer's room actually functions. So even though you were the sole credited yes. writer for that episode, you yes. still gained from the experience and knowledge of other writers. Theoretically. <laughs> oh! <laughs> that's how it's supposed to be. What are you trying to say, Sam? What is that? But everybody pitches in and, and, and tries to either poke holes in, a, in an idea to see how strong it is, right? Mm-hmm. I, I would imagine. I imagine that that is true in, in my limited experience working on other TV shows, but that more of the writer staff ideas go into each episode than probably any other show out there, really, because... Usually what happens is episodes get kind of farmed out, like, you know, you go write this one, and and it's usually just the relationship of the story is kind of between the writer and the executive producer, but these stories are so broken, really, before the individual writer goes out to write that everyone has a chance. It's, It's like everyone really has to kind of sign off in a way. Pretty much on an episode. That's, it is true. It is true. Everyone's well e- there's everyone's ideas in in all the episodes. It's well put. It's uh, the writer of record really is the person who writes the episode. Sam, for instance, wrote every word of this one. But the but the plotting of each episode, mine included, the ones I have my name on, are all all of them are somewhat of a group effort. It's uh, right. it's all hands on deck. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> sort of seven brains on top of each uh, one of the, the in terms of plotting, in terms of the structure of yeah. each of these episodes. Yeah. NASA was a good home to us or something. What did she say in there? NASA was like a home to us. I mean, that was great. Second family. (laughs) (laughs) That actress did a good job who played the the, the real estate uh, lady. Oh, she was good, yeah. She did a really good job. She has that one face where she's like, oh my God, it was so funny. I still think that fight between her and Marie was just... And then Hank, boy, and I had just seen this episode, so... You know, I've only seen it one time, but the way that there's that one shot of, and it's just one close-up of Hank where he just gets yeah. so mad and he's like, how could you do this to me again? You know, how much coverage was actually in there, Skip? There was a quite a bit of coverage there, but uh, 
David decided to try to do it in one shot, and I think we ended up with two pieces. We had one funny. Does everybody understand the term coverage? I mean, I mean, as far as our fans, I mean, do they understand that sense? Yeah, um, I'm guessing maybe they don't. Maybe not. So it's like you know, we start out generally with a big master, which shows the entire set or room that we're in, and the coverage then goes into over the shoulders, over one character's shoulder to the other character, if there's more than one there, or two shots or three shots, just depending on how we go, or even close-ups. So that's the coverage. The coverage are the different pieces. We Covering have. the scene in Co- different different angles. Different angles and stuff that we get to put together then to show you what a and scene And then Breaking Bad finds that one Breaking Bad coverage shot that's like <laughs> through <laughs> the bottom through the of the bottle. bottle. <laughs> yes. you know, in the barrels. Something or cool or and unique. <laughs> through the whole yeah. head. But what, yes. I, what I love about it is that it still doesn't seem gratuitous, is that we find the cool shots, but those shots have to be germane to the story. It can't be. If, it, if it's too cool that it pops you out of what's going on, I think we've lost, you know, if we get too clever, too fancy with that. Yes. Also, they seem wisely, a lot of times they open up the scene, so we kind of come in on those shots. So yeah, it's sort yeah, of a nice yeah. way of introducing it and then letting the scene take over versus having a very showy shot in the middle of a scene, which kind right. of takes you out of the dialogue. Right. You know what, Vince, i got to ask you, you decide to bring Bogdan back because um, Skylar has this wild hair that they can't buy a nail salon. Yes. They should buy the car wash that Walt used to work at because then it keeps the IRS at bay or whatever. Well, it keeps, it's not so much the IRS, Sam, would you say it's a about creating a sturdy fiction for the family. Yeah, credible a, story. A credible yeah. story yeah. For, for, for Hank, first and foremost, because he's a law enforcement officer. So he's got to believe he can't be, you know, and he's got a pretty good sense. I don't imagine it's his. He's got pretty good antennae for, you know, smelling out, you know, bullshit and false stories and criminality. He doesn't usually have it pointed at his family, but if enough weird stuff's going on with the White household, yeah. he's going to be suspicious. So it's, yeah, I think she's actually very wise to want to to want that. But yet, give us a little bit of, of background on, on your actor, Bogdan. For various, uh, we met him on the pilot. Of course, he's in the pilot. He's, 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 he's your boss. He's Walt's boss in the pilot. Uh, <laughs> with the eyebrows. With the eyebrows. Yep. He's got the amazing eyebrows. And... Gwen Savage, our wonderful extras casting lady who's, who's since passed away, She's a wonderful, sweet lady who's very, very good at her job. There was a photo of, of Marius in, in, that she had up with all her many hundreds or dozens of other photos of, of men and women uh, when we were picking extras. And I just loved Marius's look. And it turns out Marius had his wife and his children had, had thought it'd be fun to be extras on a TV show or a movie or some such. So he drove them down uh, and accompanied them to Gwen's office when they were doing extras casting. And lo and behold she took a picture of him too and then out of the extras pool we looked at his face and we loved his face and we thought what what can we lose let's have him read for the part of Bogdan the worst that can happen and most likely the case will be that he's not a very good natural actor but lo and behold we read him and he was and he's a very interesting gentleman because he is and I hope I get this right he is a uh, physicist At, at the time he worked at Los Alamos National Laboratory, which yeah. is where the atomic bomb was invented, yeah. <laughs> just sort of north of, uh, of Santa Fe, New Mexico. And he has a, his expertise was in materials, uh, special material, uh, physicist dealing with different kinds of materials and stuff. I think he teaches at the University of Chicago now. Or so. yeah. But he's still, he's like he's like a natural. He should have a second career as an actor. He's really a natural. <laughs> well, he does, I think. Yeah. I and mean, now he's moved to Chicago. And I talked to him. I said, have you done any work there? He says, yeah, you know, I have an agent. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I have agents. Yeah, he's, well, yeah. he's not, he doesn't get me out as much as I'd like to have in. You know, and it's like, oh, yeah. 
Oh, he's an actor, all right. Did he take off his sunglasses when he saw that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a sweet guy. Yeah. So, he is good. So you've decided, like, Skyler's going to go talk to Bogdan. In the previous episode, Bogdan basically said, you know, $10 million because I know who you are and I know who your husband right, is. And right. he, 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 he grabbed himself and yeah. <laughs> flipped me off. So, and, and he messed up my He broke my, my, my air, air fresheners. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so basically, Skylar does not want to take no for an answer, yeah. so she decides to go after him with uh, a cohort. Yeah, we should talk right. about Bill Burr. Bill Burr. Bill, that guy, that guy yeah. anyone who's not familiar with Bill Burr's work should immediately get on YouTube. and. Uh, you knew, you knew you, him, You right? know what? I hate to admit I did not. Our wonderful L.A. actors, there's some extras casting I was just speaking of, and regular casting. And our folks in Los Angeles are two wonderful casting associates, Sarah Bialy and Sherry Thomas, told me last season that Bill Burr was interested in being on the show. And I confess at that point I wasn't up to date on who he was. B-U-R-R. Check him out on YouTube. He is hilariously funny. And I was telling him when I was met him on the set that we just waste so much time here in the writer's room by, by getting on YouTube and, and watching some of his routines. Oh, now it's out. There it is. Yeah. We waste so Six much time. Yeah. 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 And then the last final week and a half, they go, we Holy should shit. write yeah. something. <laughs> Let's just pump it out. But but Bill plays the uh, the EPA guy who shows up. EPA, I say that with quotes. Yeah, yeah, the uh, environmental engineer guy, and he did a great job. He did played perfectly straight. Yeah, it was great. Fun character. You might, spoiler alert, you might see him later in the season. Spoiler. Perhaps. Um, no, no point being coy. You will see him again later. <laughs> Bill gets to be on Breaking Bad and the Dave Chappelle Show, which is pretty damn cool for a decade. <laughs> was he on the Chappelle Show? Mm-hmm. Oh, that was great. Yeah, that was a good show. TBD. Uh, so, well, should we talk some music? We got to yeah. Mr. I, was, I was just actually getting there because after what happened in episode one, Jesse has kind of like decided. I mean, not even decided. He's kind of taken sort of a nosedive into, you know. Uh, he, Times are tougher, Jesse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't even know how to phrase it. He's just, he's really kind of shutting down. And he always wants people around. He wants, I mean, he even invited Walt to go go-karting for a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why didn't you go go-karting why, with him? Why on earth would Walt <laughs> ever see come go-karting? <laughs> well, it's, it's funny. It's, it's, that, that scene came in, and we talked about it. Everything, everything in these, these scripts are so well planned out that it was, it was nice that Walt was on a different track than, of course, Jesse. Jesse having gone through this horrific experience of actually point-blank killing a person and, uh, and going through his private hell and dealing with that and Walt in the meantime has got his eye on the the new eye in the sky the the cameras and so when Jesse says hey, you want to do something and uh, of course I wanted to go yeah what, what do you what do you have in mind what do you have to do and he goes go-karting and he's like what <laughs> you know go karting. who came up with that Sam go-karting yeah well I think I don't know who came up with it but I know that Aaron and the crew would go we went karting, yeah, we go karting, indoor karting, Albuquerque indoor karting. And I've said this before fun. too. In some of these other, I think I've said it before, but it's just in the writers' room. It really is. I mean, the writing of the episode is is a somewhat of a different thing, but the actual the, the ideas. The, 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 I, yeah. There's there's no remembering who came up with what. It's we're not we're not mind. being coy about it. It's just really it's sort of. When it's working well, and luckily with the, these six writers, Sam and the other five writers I have, all of them wonderful. It, it only really five? I thought it was six, like eight six, or nine of seven, y'all. seven, oh. seven, counting me. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
And then, Did uh, we just lose one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Contracts are up. So it's, all, it's all very fluid. Yeah. Could be four. It's kind of in flux. But it's like you, you don't remember. Honest to God, you don't remember who came up with what because it's just it, the idea is just in a perfect world, and and this happens quite often. They're just kind of flowing. Let yeah. me ask you this though, because when I first saw this, I remember uh, there was just a lot. I actually, when Skip was editing this, I remember coming in your room because I remember thinking, "Is that a video game?" Yeah, the, the go karts. <laughs> I thought it was a game because there's a there's there's like. In, in one of my episodes, in fact, the next one, 404, there's a there's a game that they're playing. Um, you know, and it's a driving you game. You just ruined the entire episode. Spoiler alert. <laughs> no, that's a big spoiler. Okay. So I thought it was the same game, actually. And so right. I come in his room, and I'm like, is that a game? And it's like, no, it's Jesse going around the go-kart. And, and so I'm, I'm just curious, because I never asked you this, but I got the impression that Jesse, because he has so much money, I mean, we know he has a ton of money. It's, you know, all cash. Did he rent the place just to go-kart by himself? Is that he the idea? by himself. Or is the, or is it just that. empty? I always thought that he rented the place and he was just doing it by himself. I never thought of that. <laughs> what do you I think? feel like we talked about that because there was going to be other, there was going to be other people there. At least when I think we were first talking about the scene that there, that we were going to somehow. I when writing the scene, I think we wrote it that he wasn't alone and then I don't know I, again I don't know who came up with the idea well, by all yeah. means let's get to the bottom of this one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fascinating stuff I just meant to get on that because basically he comes home and this party that has descended into something that you really just don't want to be around for at all I yeah. mean it started off like kind of nice and then I'm everybody just nice. stayed <laughs> nice. and now even skinny pete and badger aren't there anymore more cucumber sandwiches badger <laughs> <laughs> now now even his friends the aren't there the anymore cut off. Sure. but sure. but i just get sure. the come on everyone we're gonna go lawn bowling <laughs> <laughs> but i just get the True impression death. that he he just doesn't even want to be alone he's gotten to that point oh yeah he doesn't i think you're right so, i thought it was a great way to show a, a person going through a private hell. I mean, nah. that everybody suffers, deals with their own personal loss yeah. in many different ways. Yeah. Yeah. And it was so fascinating. You know, we experienced in the uh, end of the first episode is where he's chowing down on food. We already saw Victor just get sliced up, and he's like, oh, yeah, with the he's eating and wanting yeah. more, kind of some more orange crush, and, you know, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, and it's so odd, but yeah. yet it's really what he's going through. He's yeah. created this veneer of protection right. for himself. And you know. know the other shoe. You know in that episode, oh, the other man. shoe's going to drop eventually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then you're waiting for right. it. You're right. It feels like he's stitching like a, a cocoon around himself. I mean, in many ways, all these people are sort of this cocoon that he's doing to sort of not deal with the reality of it. And, you know, even on the riding in the car, we have that one little scream that kind of is that one moment he breaks character for a second. Yeah. And, that was uh, a nice touch. I like that scream. I like the, the way you cut that in, yeah, Skip. That was yeah, awesome. Yeah, really and the well. go-karting part. Well, the go-karting And let's part. talk about the music in that scene. Yeah, because I was just going to say that, you know, we. I mean, when I started reading the episodes, um, when they start, you know, like way back in December, I think I started, and I saw that really it, it was going to be like one, like, party that lasted a long, long time. And I was like, I immediately called my assistant and I said, okay, Call Thomas Gullibich and see if they've talked about all this music because it was going to play a huge uh, uh, role in all of it. And it changes from episode to episode. So, you know, in episode two was the first time we saw the part and it was one kind of music. Now it's a whole different game we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I think also the role of music changed a little bit in the episode because 
originally when we were doing this, we were kind of navigating the party. And I think in the beginning, it was really just the knuckleheads hanging out. And it was kind of Jesse slipping back to an old version of himself with the money track. And, you know, we, we kind of left away the nuances that he got, you know, with having a girlfriend and listening to other music. It was kind of he was slipping back to an old version of himself. Then we got into the party sequence, which was kind of a fun party. We wanted to be dumb, but really fun. And then it just kind of kept on going. And it got to the point when the fun began to kind of get eroded a little bit. And we started mixing hip-hop and some dubstep, which was sort of a, a more a newer kind of a sound. It's a little darker, a little bit less sort of uh, elated and fun. And for this episode, originally there was sort of a, a attempt, a sort of a punk rock tune that was in there. And I think the scene was really all about sort of how decrepit the party had become. Uh, and we kind of changed that up a little bit, I think, with in, in post. When we began to look at the scene, we realized that we already know that it's sort of a, a decrepit, horrible scene, and trying to overplay that felt like it, it was kind of repeating a beat that we'd already kind of established. So we kind of got deeper into Jesse's headspace, and I think we found a song that we kind of carried through that made what wasn't a montage originally into sort of a montage, where we start with the discovery of the spoons with the real estate agent, um, and we found this really... We actually had four songs that we're doing you, with you, this. You picked four really good ones, and they were, all of them, really, really strong, but uh, yeah, and we, we kind of one of them was yours actually, the elbow track. Oh, yeah, you're right, but that was a song I would have never heard of if you hadn't given it to me six months before. So that one was ultimately yours. I just thought of using it there, but we we kind of put it up to a vote around here at the office. Everybody kind of got to listen to it and, and cast a vote. So yeah, yeah. I mean, part of the fun of doing the show is I don't think any of us knew that we were going to do a montage when we did the spotting session. We just and I forgot whose idea it was. It's the same thing with the writers' room. Somebody just said it, and we thought. Actually, this could work. It's kind of a yeah. It's it's a quasi montage. It's kind of a sequence stitched together by this. And what's the name of that band? What's the name uh, of the song? Fever Ray. It's uh, Fever Ray is a, a Swedish artist. It's a solo project for Karen Dreyer. She was in a band called The Knife, and she had this really kind of stunning electronic record. It was very spare, very powerful. Uh, very minimal, and there was this one track called If I Had a Heart from her debut, and it just has this muted, loud sort of feel. It's it's sort of, I think we're tapping into Jesse's lostness and the idea that he's been cocooned yeah. and that there is the, 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 the full heavy darkness that exists runs all the way through the montage so what could have been an exhilarating scene with him going around the track now has sort of a darkness I think we introduced it with the realtor scene the spoons and then we kind of climbed in and so it's almost like a little bit odd is there some spoon I so wish there was (laughs) (laughs) on the remix version we'll get the juice harp in there it'll be great let me ask you this because I guess it never occurred to me until just now okay Jesse was clean for a good long while and then right before in season three right before he goes to make his last stand against those two gangster guys that Walt mows down in the car he snorts meth again that's the first time they did (laughs) but okay so a little bit of courage but he kind of in during this party thing i mean he snorts meth in number two like for the beginning of that party but since then, has he done it? Since well, then, he now was... he's just buying for everybody else to keep him at his house. You're tracking him like a sponsor. That's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think but I he's... mean, you know, he's is is he still doing it or is he not? You know, but he he definitely yeah, is trying I to keep he's... people. He's throwing money yeah, at people. Yeah. And... No, he's. Uh, I think he's still using. Yeah. 
And the guy, let me ask you this too at that party. The guy, the overweight gentleman in his underwear and the tie that he's throwing, throwing the, the money <laughs> into. Okay, can you talk that? was about a great that touch. That was uh, that was definitely Sam. The idea Ooh, of a guy, guy a guy with a dress shirt and a tie and no pants. And no pants. <laughs> that, was, that was definitely Sam's invention. Who's, yeah. who's that? Do you know that actor's name? Or No, he was an actor. It's, it's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a, he's an, an extra. He's yeah. a, a oh, fellow okay. from... Uh, uh, Albuquerque, who so, uh, did it, did it. I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank on. I, I don't oh, think I, I ever met. Out of my way, not to learn their names. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> so he's he's throwing the money, and so I mean that's what I'm saying. He's just trying to keep people at his at his house at this point. How did that close-up shot of the fifty dollar bill going into the guy's mouth? Oh, okay. How did that happen? That was Trina, Trina who is our one of our uh, set. What do you prop, prop, prop assistant? Prop, prop and uh, we had actually, I think we had even, that was a night where we were close to going over or a little bit over, and we were, I think this was one of the last That's shots. so weird because we it never happens. <laughs> I remember <laughs> specifically because we were pressed for time. We were pressed for time that night? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But we had, we had this shot where she was just off camera throwing the bill, <laughs> and we were like, oh, this is going to take forever. And she did it, second shot, right? Yeah, yeah second, second shot. Better. That's like the pizza. That's like you throwing the pizza in the room. Yeah. Like, oh, like, I did it in one take. Yeah, like, that's no, true. Two two that's a hundred percent more. It's like right? Bozo yeah. Circus grand prize game. I guess I'm the only one. That no, I remember Bozo. Bozo the clown. Yeah. Sure. yeah, he was a clown. My, my dad, my dad, when he was in the JCs in like the late '60s in Farmville, Virginia, he drove Bozo the clown. Bozo was the grand marshal of the Farmville Christmas parade, and my dad, my dad drove Bozo, and, and he picked up Bozo on the edge of town, and he said, "Mr. Mr. Bozo." Bozo on the edge of town. He said, "Mr. Bozo, it's a real honor to meet you." And Bozo's like, "Yeah, let's get this fucking thing over." With. <laughs> <laughs> and he puts him in the back of this Cadillac convertible, like a 1969 Get off my horse. <laughs> <laughs> he puts him in the back of this caddy, and Bozo's like nipping for... By the way, there was, just sort of like much with Santa Claus, I think there's Bozo assistants. Like, yeah, this, know, is not the this is Bozo. not the okay. Bozo. The Bozo would never drink while under. <laughs> but he's kind of like nipping from a flask in the back. And and the caddy dealership in town had given my dad a, a rental Cadillac. A, they'd lent him a Cadillac with like a sixteenth of a tank of gas in it. So my dad is worried about running out of gas in the middle of the parade. So the drunk so he, bozo in the so back seat. Dr- so he keeps so he keeps driving faster and faster because he's freaking out. And it, and bozo is like looking back over his shoulder saying, "Hurry up to gain an honest." <laughs> <laughs> and he gets out of town and he's like, well, you know, Mr. Bozo, it was uh, you know, it was an honor to, you know, get to drive you. Bozo's like, Yeah, where's my where's my bread? He drove some bozo in the <laughs> so My dad is like gotta give him like, like two hundred bucks on him. Yeah, yeah. We may need to contact our lawyers before this goes out. <laughs> I'm sorry, where were we breaking bad? Yes. <laughs> I thought, honestly, I thought you were going to say they put a f- piece of fish line on it and mm-hmm. yanked it out of his mouth no, and she put really it, threw in it in reverse. Mouth. In the pilot, when we established Jesse's house, you know, just a yeah. real quick, brief rundown, yeah. we established Jesse's house, we shot there, and then the next season, um, they sold the house, but the people next door bought the real house, and then they remodeled it. So we yeah. kind of worked that into oh, our yeah, storyline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, that, we, we had to have this hor- horrific party, and yeah. we have to paint all the walls. Now it's not the house anymore. I, I got to tell you, our wonderful, wonderful construction department, led by uh, Mr. W. Gilpin and his crew, who built that set, and then uh, uh, Mark Freeborn and his wonderful crew, Mark Freeborn, our production designer, who designed it. Th- those guys work together super well and do and 
do miracles on a, on a very limited amount of time, very limited budget. But they built that interior. Every time you see this season, every time you see Jesse's living room, and it looks pretty messed up. That is a uh, that is a set on our sound stages at uh, Q Studios, because you cannot do that to a real. I, mean, I guess you could do it to a real house, but the, the current owners of that house definitely would would uh, would take take a, a miss. Yeah. And us doing that in their in their real house, and I wouldn't blame them a bit. So, uh, they, so now we're only using that house for exteriors. Yeah, exteriors only. Yeah, we they, didn't really use it for. Well, we did use it in in the first season for interiors. Season one, when we yeah, had we even less money yeah. than you know. But what, what happens did. is our our production team has to weigh the 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 costs of either shooting in a practical location or in a set, and there, uh, the producers felt that we were going to be in there enough. So that it, it made more fiscal sense to actually build it as a set on our st- on our lot as opposed to going out there each time. So it, it's it in the long run saved us money. Yeah. One of the last things I want to talk about before we wrap this up is one of my favorite favorite things that you guys are starting to do this season, and I've been excited ever since I found out is now Hank is on the case. Yeah, and <laughs> let's talk about who is, gets them in the case is too. Really, really, really fun. It's so cool seeing Detective uh, Tim back. Tim, Tim yeah. Detective yeah. Tim Roberts, named after Jay Roberts, uh, yeah. wonderful guy. And why didn't you name him Jay Roberts? Because he's well, a real uh, person. We, he would have sued us in the next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's very litigious. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Jay's a great guy. Tim, you know, I hate to admit I've never met the actor. Who oh. plays Detective Tim? But he's great, and he Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he, uh, the first time we we met him was back in uh, George Masters's episode. Uh, Wasn't it two hundred two? Two hundred three? No, two hundred two was the Tuco Grilled. Oh yeah, it was two hundred two. You're right. The episode Grilled, where where Detective Tim, yeah, Detective Tim gets called in to help look for Walt, who has disappeared. And so it was fun bringing him back. He's a fine actor. He's just really. Have you? Because you haven't had any scenes with him, actually. No. I don't even remember uh, half of what you're saying because if if I'm not in the, the scene, <laughs> number one, I wasn't there, and number two, I don't care. <laughs> uh, no, no, it is fascinating to hear how it all comes together. Actually, I worked with an actor in the X Files one time whose wife came to me and said, "This is a really good script, and it's so good that I had I had my husband, who's the unnamed actor in the X Files, I had him read the entire script this week." <laughs> It's that good. It's that good. <laughs> he didn't just read his part. He read the whole the script. The entire script. Yeah. You guys no, I, I really in only did. seven sittings. It was really, it was that's how coverage. much he liked it. It was not David who cut me. I really <laughs> think that it's, it's really exciting. I mean, how did that come about? Is that something that you guys talked about way earlier? Did that kind of just We just kind of liked him, right? We wanted to have a, it was a good he, excuse to bring him back. one of those guys. Yeah. He's one of those guys that seems like just a real cop. I mean, you see so many yeah. cops on TV, and there was something about the way he played that scene in 202 where yeah. he just had that kind of weariness to him, but also just he seemed like a real pro. We like hiring people who seem like they actually do the job that they're supposed to do as opposed to that sense of, like, this is just another day. This is just a, this. It's not the most interesting day in this cop's life. It's not the most interesting day in this doctor's life. And a lot of people, when they come in to play a cop or a doctor <laughs> or something, they try to make it something, some spice or some hook to it. But he just plays it totally straight yeah. and just seems like a cop. 
Yeah. And so we brought him back. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I like it when everybody's really good looking. Right. <laughs> Brain surgeons. Who are no, gorgeous. but I mean the idea to put Hank on to put Hank on the case and start getting Hank closer to, well, to Walt. Maybe Hank's not on the case. Or oh, maybe, okay. or maybe well, he with is. The lab notes, you know. I know it, it looks. It looks notes. like it looks starting it looks, to get interested. It looks. It looks like the heat's turning up. At the end of this one, yeah. I also like that you know the yeah. history yeah, between right, yeah. him and Hank. You can sense a history between the two of them because these are two very prideful guys, and he's careful around him. You know, he's he, there's a politeness between the two of them, but there's a familiarity, and he's also not stepping on Hank's ego at all, which is kind of a nice way to play it. Yeah. It just felt like mm -hmm. he just got it dialed in right. Yeah, and he's great with Dan. Of course, Dan's always great. Those two guys together are great in that scene. And then, you know, yeah. this whole thing where really when Skyler's going to, yeah. when Bogdan finally calls. She's talking about <laughs> Those actors, those guys are really good. <laughs> when Bogdan finally calls, mm, you know, yeah. to, to get the car wash, and you're freaking out. I mean, you know, That's why, a great scene. why is Walt freaking so bad? about Bogdan. I don't know because I don't remember that scene. <laughs> Brian! I don't. What, what was the scene? <laughs> when Bogdan calls and yeah. says, you know, okay, I'll sell you the car. It's after Skyler. Uh, Skyler's has, waiting for the phone to ring. Yeah. And, right. and Walt is saying, uh, it was a nice try, but it's not going to happen. Right. And then, and then, lo and behold, the phone rings. And, and Bogdan uh, says... Okay, I'll sell it to you for X amount. I don't He's remember how Skyler. much it was. Skyler. Skyler's, Skyler's playing no, poker with him, basically. You. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. a crazy lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a great scene. Yeah. So well written. <laughs> Taught. <laughs> so well written. What I love about it, and we're just talking about Hank and, and of course, Are you still scared Marie. of Bogdan, though, do you think? I don't know that he was ever scared of Bogdan. I don't know if I, I mean, was scared of He's like, him. no, don't tell. You know, when no, you it, was, like, it was about that, that it, she's going to mess it up. Oh, you know? okay, I, okay. Because, you know, he's a man of science, so mm -hmm. everything is orderly. Okay. And what Skyler is now doing is out of order it's kind of crazy it's right. gambling it's risk-taking it's bluffing it's right so that's out right. of my wheelhouse so that's what's great about the show is that is that everyone shows their expertise it's kind of like in a spectrum of color is that you can see Skyler at her very best and earnest and law-abiding but in that character how she would then change stays in the same spectrum but it changes and that's the same with Walt how he would change if he were to become a criminal let's say I, you know he still has to he still tries to find a methodical way to go about that okay and it's true also with hank with marie with marie is is, is stealing again because i mean i took it that she needed something of her own she's being bullied at home mm -hmm. basically mm -hmm. And she needed to feel good about herself. And that's how she goes and Creates feels good about herself. I love that. No one makes this turn that just goes completely off the charts. If you look back at the story, it's all measured and justified in their actions. And that's what makes the story feel so organic to the viewers, I think. And also how compatible Skylar and Walt's skills are now to each other, which is something that you would never have thought of in the beginning. Maybe complementary. Yeah, complementary. You know, that, that yeah. she has something that I yeah. don't. And the capacity to be very methodical about the process and cover the tracks, whereas Walt is going to probably make more impulsive decisions that may become disastrous and then fix them in the you know immediate emergency. Well, she definitely shows her business acumen, which Walt really doesn't, doesn't have. have. He's not a business person. So I think that's the, yeah, the compliment that they show each other. Yeah. And, and we're setting up partners. season five very well, aren't we? Oh, really? <laughs>
From your mouth to God's ears. Yeah, uh, you know how much, you know what kind of rumor that's gonna like totally it's gonna go viral. There's gonna be a lot of editing on this thing, I think. <laughs> I guess we should wrap this up, gentlemen. This is a good one. Appreciate everybody. I thought this one was gonna back. suck, and it turned out okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Thomas, Skip, Vince, Brian, and Sam hey. for joining me this afternoon. Thanks, Thank Kelly. You, Kelly. Thank you, Kelly. Good job. Um, uh, this has been episode 403. Does it have a title? Is it 403 or 403? This is 403. What is the title? Open House. Open House. Open House. Open Houses. Open Houses Broken Hearts is what you wanted to call it originally. That's what I wanted to put it, but I think you changed the sentiment. (laughs) (laughs) This has been episode 403 entitled Open House, uh, written by Sam Catlin and directed by David David Slade. Slade. We will convene on episode number 404. Momentarily. Next week. Next week. Through, through the magic of editing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. Nice. Everybody, everybody go Bye, break everybody. bad. <laughs>